Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of Nerdificent. I am one of your hosts. And I am the other host, if you want anyway. I'm the the, fo- the first host, yeah. Danny Fernandez, that yeah. just was speaking. Today we are we're talking about... Ify, what are we talking about? Ooh, um, today we're talking about something that I know a lot of people have been asking for. Long franchise, people want to hear it. Today we're talking about Wild Arms, the RPG <laughs> set in a Western, the JRPG, uh, one of my favorite RPG franchises. Today um, we are talking about Tenchi Muyo, uh, which... <laughs> yeah, today we're talking about Big O. Um, <laughs> these are all things that people are going to be like, yeah, do that. <laughs> <laughs> but when you said that, though, could you also cover... Today we are talking about the Great Mouse Detective, actually, yeah. one of the not as well-respected, but should be, <laughs> Disney animated films. We're talking about the Dragon Ball franchise. Yes, we are talking about the Dragon Ball franchise, the franchise that's so huge that it doesn't fit into one episode. This episode is going to cover just... The franchise as a whole, a little bit about uh, Akira Toriyama, and then we're going to sit down with our good friend Kali Bear uh, and talk about just what it was like working on that franchise. This won't go deep into Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, Dragon Ball Kai, or Dragon Ball Super. Super. Yeah, no, those those have to be its own episodes, but this is for everyone listening and who may have just been wondering like what is this dragon ball z thing i keep hearing about this hype this this will give you a crash course into it and then one by one you'll get to go deeper this is the the preface i'm uh, not the preface this is dragon ball 101 but also if you are a huge massive fan like iffy and i are and just to give our background iffy and i started podcasting together with a dragon ball z show called krillin it uh, because Krillin is a character from Dragon Ball, uh, from this franchise. So we had a we we actually dissected each episode already on that podcast, and then we had a Dragon Ball Super podcast called Krillin It Super, 
which was also live and interactive on Hyper RPG. So we have extensively covered this and we do love it a lot. And if you're like us and love it a lot, we want to talk about why we love it, the history of it, and the present and the future of it. But as far as deep diving into each particular saga and character and all of that, that's going to have to be another episode. Yeah, yeah, no. It's it's like I said, it's not even just being funny. It just really is a very deep dense history, which is going to be funny based on a few things we talk about today because unbeknownst to me just with the research, it turns out that this is another goofy thing that seemed to get deeper through time. It wasn't it wasn't meant to be as oh, no. as deep as yeah. as one is taking it now. But buckle up. We're going to talk about a little little man who <laughs> was born in Nagoya, Japan. And uh, when he was in elementary school, all his classmates drew imitating anime and manga as a result of not having many forms of entertainment. And he believes that he began to advance above everyone else when he started drawing pictures of his friends. After winning a prize at the local art studio for a picture of 101 Dalmatians, began to think art was fun. That was a lot of time between when he started drawing Uh to when he thought art was fun. (laughs) (laughs) According to this article. Yeah, yeah. There are so many blogs, articles, and videos about the man that is Akira Toriyama. Yeah. What I wanted to say honestly, before we even got started, was that I feel that Dragon Ball Z in particular, which in my opinion, from being in the community, is the biggest, most notorious of all of the Dragon Ball shows. I feel like Z is is one of the big, although Super is getting up there now, and I'm sure Dragon Ball people are going to write me. I understand that as, as well. But just here in America, because Dragon Ball Z was a thing that was introduced on Toonami, actually, I think they had it for kids, um... What I was going to say is that it's so people will write me and be like, oh, because I have I have Goku and Vegeta, who are two characters that we'll talk about a little bit. But um, I have them tattooed on me and people will be like, oh, that's a normie anime. This is mainstream anime. And it's like, well, it's mainstream now. But Akira yeah. Toriyama ended up influencing. So all of the anime and manga that you're super into now that's like niche and maybe it's like newer and coming out and you're like oh I love this probably influenced by him in some way like some of the biggest franchises that have come in the last decade or so have been heavily even their creators have said they were heavily influenced by Akira Toriyama so I just needed to add a little bit of respect on our man before we continued I mean I feel like that's just a part of just anime fans in general. I remember when Kanye tweeted out that the creator of Akira was a was a genius, and someone replied to that tweet, where it's like, Kanye, please watch Sword Art Online. It's a better anime. <laughs> oh, and Lord. my brain almost exploded <laughs> after reading that. But yeah. it's just, but I, it's funny because it seems like it's a anime specific thing, but I think it is a specific to pop culture where you have your thing. And your thing is your favorite thing, so you have to fight that it's the best thing. That's why you have Star Trek versus Star Wars when the real winner is actually Battlestar Galactica. Is it iffy? Uh, yeah, much more mature, much more. Actually, mm-hmm. it's so funny. I haven't even watched that much Battlestar Galactica, but it's been the it's been the one that I've gravitated towards. Where I'm like, this is cool. 
Cylons, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, Akira Toriyama actually didn't just, even though he thought art was fun, he didn't just jump in. He was one of those people who just started doing animation and that's his whole story he actually worked at an advertising agency in nagoya designing posters for three years after quitting his previous jobs toriyama entered the manga industry by submitting a work to an amateur contest in a jump magazine in order to win the prize money that is so interesting to me because these are multiple instances that we have akira toriyama winning contests yeah with his art and it almost feels like that might be a part of what influences the idea of Dragon Ball Z, of just this constant contest, but of strength. I think he got a job from being that good. He's gotten, uh, he, you know, he got he won an award when he first learned how to draw because he was that good. It's just super interesting. Uh, even though he won the contest when he was a kid, he did not win this contest. Uh, and while he did not win, uh, Kazuko Torishima, who would later become his editor, contacted him and gave him encouragement. And then his debut came later in 1978 with the story Wonder Island, which was published in Weekly Shonen Jump, which still runs till this day. Yeah, and so just to go back on Shonen, which we've talked about in previous episodes, but Shonen manga is essentially similar to comics that are geared towards young males. But, um, you know, us ladies like it, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. They they separated by Shonen and, and Shoujin. Oh, Shoujo? I think it's uh-huh. not. Yeah, Shoujo and Shonen. But uh, dudes like Shoujo? Oh, I bet. Women like Shonen. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Especially because it's geared towards young people. It's like, oh, what's going on over there with those shirtless men? That's honestly why. I think it's funny whenever people would be like, Dragon Ball Z is for boys. I'm like, no, they're like shirtless. <laughs> they're yeah. like buff as hell. And I'm very confused slash aroused by this uh, in middle school <laughs> and uh you know my favorite dudes in skin tight spandex that's vegeta who we'll get into but yeah yum sorry yum yeah so so even though he had his debut in shonen jump he didn't really rise to popularity until the comedy series dr slump which was serialized in weekly shonen jump from 1980 to 1984 and it follows the adventures of a perverted professor which hmm. that uh stay that he, that's Seems... a common thread that's a common thread with toriyama <laughs> yeah and his small but super strong robot arale he began the series at age 25 while living at home with his parents but when the series ended in 1984 he was a manga superstar this yeah, I think cra- he was actually a multimillionaire by then. Really? Yeah, From isn't manga. that crazy? Yeah, that's super crazy. Well, I mean, it was made into an animated se- I mean, it was made into anime. Yeah. Yeah. He actually ended up going on to win a uh, award for Dr. Slump. It earned him uh, in 1981, it earned him the Shogakukan Manga Award for Best Shonen or Shoujo Manga Series of the Year. A very successful anime adaptation aired on TV from 1981 to 1986 with a remake series airing from 1997 to 1999. And by 2008, the manga had sold over 35 million copies in Japan. Mm -hmm. This is interesting, too, because this is just for all intents and purposes up until, you know, Dragon Ball really took off his most popular property. It It is his bread and butter yet most people know akira toriyama from the dragon ball series right. and i think that has more so to do with the import aspect because i feel like early anime 
that was being imported to the U.S. It was the serious stuff. You didn't get the like comedy stuff coming to the U.S. Uh, except for um, Kanuku Man. I feel like Kanuku Man made it here, but that was the I felt as far as growing up for me that was the closest I got to comedy anime. Uh, if anyone grew up on some comedy anime, please let me know. I'm curious to know what you got. But yeah, I Doctor Slump was something I kind of slept on. I yeah. I didn't even like. There are some people who like find a work and then find everything else their creator has created oh, uh-huh. and yeah. go find it. That I don't do that much often. I liked Dragon Ball Z specifically. Dragon Ball Z. I haven't yeah, even same. went back and watched all of Dragon Ball. Like Dragon Ball Z has the double whammy for me it's the excitement and the nostalgia i'm sure dragon ball is exciting i'm actually i've watched more dragon ball than i realized because i always thought the garlic jr saga took place in dragon ball z but it actually it was a dragon ball saga so who knows it's it's all the same <laughs> literally <laughs> no. all the same because <laughs> just jumping ahead a bit Dragon Ball Z basically was just the later versions of Dragon Ball. Yeah, but I would argue that they're so different tonally, where Dragon Ball is much more comedic and kind of lighthearted to some extent, whereas Dragon Ball Z is much more serious. I feel like Dragon Ball honestly has kind of more adult humor and gags than I feel like Z does. Yeah, and I, I feel like that was the tonal shift that added the Z, but I feel like it's not insane for a series to switch its tone i feel like a lot of series nowadays will start off I'm trying to think of a recent series that started off kind of light and then it got dark and you're like what happened mm-hmm. i think definitely in the same boat as anime i think Devilman crybaby starts off and presents a completely different anime than we land on yeah. when we get to the uh, f- finale i'm like oh yeah it it, it got me it got me with the doo-wop the ooh <laughs> In 1984, Weekly Shonen Jump began serializing Toriyama's Dragon Ball, which became an instant hit. To date, it has sold over 156 million copies in Japan alone. I used to buy it here. Yeah, so it began as an adventure gag manga, but later turned into a martial arts fighting series considered by many to be the most influential shonen manga. Dragon Ball was one of the main reasons for the magazine's circulation hitting a record high of 6.53 million copies. That's just, that's really cool. Oh, yeah. Like, that's insane that he just, like, put out this this insanely successful with Dr. Slump manga and then immediately followed up with Dragon Ball. Yeah. I mean, he was, like, on Cloud Nut. He was on Nimbus. Oh, yeah. I'm like... It was, <laughs> you're it like, no, a, a Nimbus is uh, Nimbus, for everyone that doesn't know, is the cloud that Goku rides on that you have to be pure of hearted in order to ride. Oh, yeah. Um, so the series success encouraged Toriyama to continue working on it from 1984 to 1995. At the series end, Toriyama said that he asked everyone involved to let him end the manga. He was like, just let me end it. I want to. He's done that before, though, too. Yeah, like we'll later see that in Dragon Ball Z, I feel like, as well. But people just love it so much, and I think he's just... I think at times he's ready to close that chapter of his life or even in instances where he's like killed off a character and it was like, no, this was the right thing. He said so he could, quote, take some new steps in life. Yeah, no, it's it's so interesting because this is the second thing I love that the creator is going through this. One of my 
top favorite bands of all time is the Gorillas. And it's a, if you don't know what the Gorillas are, it's a cartoon band led by Damon Albarn, and he collaborates with a ton of amazing musicians to make good music. And it originally started as this fake cartoon band. There was a story behind it, and the, the veil was up. I didn't even know it was Damon Albarn, even though it's, they sound identical. But I, I wanted to believe it. The same way I won't look at any pictures of Daft Punk with their mask off, I wouldn't <laughs> like, do any like research into who's behind the gorillas because I liked keeping up that that mystery. But as popular as the gorillas got, Damon Albarn hated it. It was, it was kind of like his, I don't want to say hated it, but he kind of grew tired of it. He wanted to do other musical ventures. He didn't want to do uh, the gorillas. And he kept leaving and he kept us hanging so many times where he was like, I, I remember he was like, I'm a, I won't do the gorillas until I do a, a blur album. And he keeps leaving and coming back. And the way the gorillas are now is such a far cry from where it started, where now it's like very obviously Damon collaborating with people where I feel like from gorillas to about demon days is when like they kept the ruse of this cartoon band going. And then there's beef with the artists. So same thing here with BBC. <laughs> I feel like Akira Toriyama's like, I'm done with this. I need to make something else. Yeah. Especially coming off of one banger series right. to another banger series. You would imagine he's like, I want to see if I can do another well, dope banger also just series. being a creative, like a creative person. You know what I mean? Like also just like if I look at him as a creative, it makes sense that he wants to move on with different storylines, move, you know, write out certain characters, move on with... Like it just it makes sense that that he would want to, and we're the ones that are like, no, please give us please, more. Yeah, and also it makes sense to me. Like the math here makes sense because Doctor Slump comedy hit. Dragon Ball starts off as a comedy, mm-hmm. then it gets serious, and then everyone's on board. It's blowing up, and he's like, wait, wait, I want to do comedy. So, so it, it really does make That's sense. So true, Iffy. And if you notice in Super, the comedy ramps up. Yeah. And you could tell he's That like, was one of the most important things to him. That is very true about Akira Toriyama is that he has said that the humor is one of the most important things of his franchise. And even um, Toyo Taro, who worked on Dragon Ball Super, said that that was one of the most important things to him was the humor. So you're exactly correct. And it's funny because that's not exactly why some of us watch it. Or or when you think of Dragon Ball, I definitely think of comedy. When I think of Dragon Ball Z, that's not the first thing would be the humor. Oh, yeah, no. But yeah, so just to wrap up this, during that 11-year period, he produced 519 chapters. God. That were collected into 42 volumes. So the success of the manga led to five anime adaptations, several animated movies, numerous video games. Oh, yeah. And a ton of merchandise. So... We should get into what these are. What yeah. is Dragon Ball? So again, we said it was created in 1984. Dragon Ball was initially inspired by the classic Chinese novel Journey to the West. There's a lot of elements from Journey to the West that are in Dragon Ball. The series follows the adventures of the protagonist, Son Goku, from his childhood through adulthood, mainly his childhood, I would say, is the, the majority of Dragon Ball, as he trains in martial arts and explores the world in search of the seven orbs known as the Dragon Balls, which essentially when you gather all seven of the Dragon Balls, a wish-granting dragon named Shenron appears and will grant you your wishes. Another fun connection between this and the gorillas. Uh- <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. More. You're uh, too so much. Damon Auburn went on to produce Monkey Journey to the West, which was a stage uh, adaptation of that story. A lot of the art for it, too, the promo art and stuff leading up to the Journey to the West was done by the artist of the gorillas, Jamie Hewlett. So in my eyes, they're in the same universe. And if you if Jamie Hewlett doesn't jump out at you right away, Jamie Hewlett was the artist of Tank Girl. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So Dope. See, the art for gorillas is so good. The new art is so good. And uh, <laughs> and I love everything around the gorillas. The lore. They used to have a Flash website. Ify, are you trying to hijack this episode and make it a gorillas? episode oh this is just my long-standing plot to prove that the dragon ball universe and uh gorillas universe well you know what if i will say that goku Mm -hmm. when he looks at a full moon Mm -hmm. because he is something called a saiyan which is an alien from a warrior race they have tails and they turn into giant apes when they look at the moon Mm -hmm. henceforth therefore yeah in conclusion they are gorillas. Okay. And if you would have let him just loose for a little bit, I'm sure he would have grabbed a guitar, start mm-hmm. singing. So that's Dragon Ball. Mainly I, when I'm explaining Dragon Ball to people, it's Goku when he's when he's younger. Goku as a kid. I'm sure this is very triggering to Dragon Ball fan. That is not all it is. It's not all it is. There's mm-hmm. so much. We have our introduction to Bulma, who is a brilliant scientist and a teenager who invents the Dragon Ball radar. She ends up inventing the time machine. Everyone always asks me like who I think the most influential character, most important character is in this franchise. And I say Bulma. Without Bulma, you don't have the radar to find the Dragon Balls. But also she invented the time machine that they later use. She invented an antidote that saved Goku. She uh, tamed a wild ruly man and made a small child who ends up saving the world. So moving on to Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, yeah. Instead of continuing to anime as Dragon Ball, Toei Animation decided to carry on with their adaptation under a new name and asked Akira Toriyama to come up with the title. And he came up with Dragon Ball Z, specifically because he wanted it to be his last Dragon Ball <laughs> that he did. Uh, because, like I said, Akira Toriyama did not want to do this and no I, mean, I don't know about that but I, like, I feel like he was done with it he was like he was he was done it was like that scene this is another reference that you may or may not get but it was like that scene in man on the moon when he's trying out new material uh, the man on the moon was about andy kaufman and then he did the show taxi he didn't want to do the show taxi because he was that weird kind of comic who's like i do this weird comedy i don't do sitcoms he does it he's trying to do material on stage and they keep asking him to do this character from taxi and i feel like that's how akira toriyama had to have felt with People asking Dragon Ball Z, he was like, I got these new drawings. I've been, at this point, I've been working on these dope games, Dragon Quest. Don't y'all want a Dragon Quest anime? No! Give us (laughs) Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, well, I don't know. I feel like he still wanted to at least carry, he loves, that man loves Goku. Like, really, at, at least from the interviews and stuff that I read. I can't speak for him, but I can tell he he don't have the same love for Vegeta, okay? He doesn't have the same love for Vegeta. He definitely loves Goku, and I think he did actually want to carry on his legacy. And so Dragon Ball Z follows Goku now as an adult, and he mm-hmm. is now a dad. It picks up five years after Dragon Ball left off. It premiered in Japan 
on April 26, 1989, taking over Dragon Ball's slot and ran for 291 episodes. Man. I want to tell you guys something. When when because I went on Machinima's uh, show to teach them about Dragon Ball, and they just asked me like my top three favorite episodes and they're like you can't give those to them you have to they have to watch the whole thing in order to understand i'm like no 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 no, honey none of my friends are gonna sit down and watch 291 episodes yeah. of something if i'm just trying to introduce it to them like it's it's a bit much to ask when they also are watching game of thrones and all of marvel netflix and the cw dc shows and like you know and and uh my hero academia and you know so anyways one punch man attack on titan so i just want to say asking someone to watch 291 episodes which Ify and I tried to do for our Dragon Ball Z, our Krillin it. Man, by the time we got to Namek, yeah, was which was much. a whole saga where they were traveling to planet Namek, which took up many episodes, it was a bit much. I will mention that every anime that you listed is an easier watch than to try and watch all of Dragon Ball Z. Like, Attack on Titan's only going on its third season. One Punch Man only has one season. Yeah, my, my hero is like three. three. Yeah, you, you you can watch all of those. Do you love my t- my shonen theme? I don't <laughs> yeah. know why. I just gravitate towards that. I mean, because it's great. Also, like it's so funny. I really like One Punch Man. I enjoy it, but you do have to go and watch like My Hero, Dragon Ball Z, all the animes to really really appreciate uh one, one punch, punch man, man. Yeah, yeah because my, it's making fun of them yeah because my buddy watched it and he's able to enjoy it without seeing any anime but he's like i'm sure there's jokes i'm missing and i was like oh 100 like my favorite one is when genos is telling his life story and saitama is like shut up like because it is true in anime every character has to tell you their life story when you meet them and um that was a funny on-the-nose joke. Yeah, so Dragon Ball Z follows the adventures of adult Goku along with his companions. And as he defends the Earth against villains, just like Dragon Ball, and uh, moving on to Dragon Ball GT. I mean, you don't want to dabble in the introduction of your boy Vegeta. I feel like, well, you're real quick. To, I, I understand. I understand why you might want to focus on Goku. No, you're not going to do Vegeta. that. Vegeta has but, the um, greatest... Character it, arc. I mean, he, but he it's has the f- arguably more character development than mm, Goku. Because Goku doesn't need it. Why fix what ain't broken? Uh, I mean, you can't relate <laughs> to someone that's pure of heart. That doesn't make sense. Uh, Superman um, and Goku, I relate to both of them. Uh, no, you I'm don't. Like no, you like are a very naughty person. I follow <laughs> you on Twitter. There's no way you'd be able to stand on Nimbus. Because uh, Goku Nimbus can't is stand for pure... on it either. Yeah, he can. That's very confusing to me. As a man who has made two children, he can. he's still pure of heart because doing doing the deed because is not, he waited um, till marriage to do okay, it that's why you know, that's why <laughs> he had no idea goku uh in case we haven't clarified is not the brightest bulb but he's like your little brother that's dumb and you love him because he has a big heart and yeah just steals to drive your it lunchables home just a little more clear for anyone who maybe has never seen dragon ball z the whole kind of story of goku is he is so the Saiyan race is a race of aliens who conquer planets. And when he gets to Earth, he bumps his head, forgets his memory. And it seems like it does a little more than make him forget his memory. He's a little, he's he's kind of like the doofy, strong character that you've come to see in a lot of anime. Like almost in a sense, 
Saitama. Like, Saitama is caring about the cell, but when he has to kick someone's butt, he kicks it in gear. And I think that's a very fine example of the type of character that Goku is. And even if you haven't seen Dragon Ball Z, but you've watched anime, you've seen that character before. Vegeta is almost the complete opposite. He is a very driven, he is a very, which is funny because I imagine a character like ready for the discussion, but hear me out. I feel like Naruto shares a lot more traits than Vegeta. Even though you see a lot of Vegeta traits in Sasuke, I feel like the the kind of desire to get stronger for a goal is something you don't see in Goku. I feel like Goku wants to get stronger for fun and that True. kind of driven for a goal yeah. is that you see in a character like Naruto is kind of more of a Vegeta thing. And then you go full Vegeta with Sasuke, which is like, I need to be better than you, um, which is uh, Vegeta's drive. Vegeta, 1000%. Batman, Goku, uh, mm-hmm. Superman. Yeah. So they have that dynamic. Uh, Vegeta, Tony Stark, Goku, Captain America. Yeah. Wholesome. So if he, I do think that we need to get into Dragon Ball GT, Dragon Ball Kai, Dragon Ball it's, Super. It's not all, it's Dragon Ball GT isn't on my list. I only have uh, Dragon Ball Kai, so I guess we'll skip Dragon Ball GT. Well, you know, the thing you need to know about Dragon Ball GT mm. is that. All right, let, I can just give you the first sentences on our research and then should tell you everything you need to know. Unlike the first two anime series, it is not based on Akira Toriyama's original Dragon Ball manga. Being created by Toya Animation as a sequel to the series, or as Toriyama called it, a grand side story of the original Dragon Ball. Toriyama designed the main cast, the spaceship used in the show, the design of the three planets, and came up with the title and logo. In addition to this, Toriyama also oversaw production of the series, just as he had for the Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z anime. Five years after the end of the Dragon Ball Z anime, ten years in the Funimation dub, Goku is turned back into a child by the Black Star Dragon Balls, used by Pilaf, and is forced to travel across the universe to retrieve them along with his granddaughter, Pan and Trunks. The trio go through various adventures, in their journey to find the Black Star Dragon Ball until they encounter Baby, the evil artificial tuffle who intends to destroy the Saiyan race. There's a lot more Dragon Ball than that. You got Kai, you got Super, and we'll touch on that a little bit with our friend Kali Bear right after these messages. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's full regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon 
Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty System for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. Welcome back to our introduction to the Dragon Ball franchise and we are going to talk about Dragon Ball Kai. Dragon Ball Kai was actually pretty popular. It's something that I feel like it's a it's a shortened remastered version of Dragon Ball Z and when my friends ask me how to get into Dragon Ball Z I normally point them to Kai. I actually yeah. truthfully very honestly point them to the movies. So the movies are typically about an hour. They stand alone from the series. And I think that's a much easier way if you're trying to give people kind of like a quick glimpse into the series is to introduce them to a movie as opposed to the entire series. But if they are wanting to go down that road, I normally tell them about Kai. So in February 2009, Dragon Ball Z celebrated its 20th anniversary and uh, they rebrought. So Toy Animation announced that it would broadcast a re-edited and remastered version under the name Dragon Ball Kai. So the footage would be re-edited to follow the manga more closely, eliminating scenes and episodes which were not featured in the original manga, resulting in a more faithful adaptation as well as a faster moving and more focused story. So people that don't know, Dragon Ball Z is notorious for having filler episodes. There are episodes where nothing really happens, and I personally love them because I feel like it's a slice of life into the characters, and the reason why is because they were making the show quicker than they were making the manga. So they had run out at that point, and so they had to do filler episodes while they were waiting for the manga to be released. Yeah, this isn't unique to Dragon Ball Z either. This is something that has happened in Naruto and a lot of shows, which is why the animes usually run a lot longer than the mangas because they have to feel they have to fill the time between uh, the story with filler episodes which is why you get an episode of Dragon Ball Z <laughs> where Goku mm-hmm. and Piccolo Piccolo is a go. green Namekian alien from the planet Namek and they go to the DMV they go to the DMV and they learn how to drive even though they can fly but you know it's a great episode. Great outfits. Highly recommend. Probably one of the most popular filler episodes. I, I agree. Would say. So, uh, Dragon Ball Z Kai reduced the episode count to one fifty nine. Yeah, so that's from two hundred ninety one. Remember, we said Dragon yeah. Ball Z originally has two hundred ninety one episodes, so they cut a lot of stuff out and just kind of got to the the meat. And it's at one hundred and fifty nine. They also damaged frames were removed, and uh, they. Yeah, they made it prettier. They had a lot of, actually, the remastered, the Vegeta and Goku fight Mm -hmm. is beautiful. (laughs) One of my favorites. Then we were blessed. Truly. 
We were truly blessed because on April 28th of 2015, Toei Animation announced that Dragon Ball Super, the first all-new Dragon Ball television series to be released in 18 years. Oh, we waited. That's a full-grown adult. Yes. And it debuted on July 5th and ran as a weekly series at 9 a.m. on Fuji TV on Sundays until its series finale on March 25th of this year. It was, yeah. After 131 episodes. 131 episodes. When you're a Dragon Ball fan, you are committed, okay? You are committed. How many episodes does Friends have? I don't know. Seinfeld? But we're looking at each of these. Each of these series. We're talking Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball Z. GT, if you're into that. Kai, if you're into that too. And Super. I mean, you're a committed fan to watch all of this. So so the story is set in the years after Majin Buu, which was a character, uh, which was a villain in the Dragon Ball Z series. And the Earth has once again become peaceful. So Akira Toriyama is credited, at, obviously, as the original creator, as well for the original story and character design concepts. Dragon Ball Super follows the adventures, <laughs> again, of Goku and his friends. But this time... Goku encounters beings far more powerful and attains the power of a god. So he defends the Earth against the powerful destructive deities and travels to other universes, this time to face more powerful opponents as well as nearly unstoppable foes, while learning his newly discovered powers under the gods of the universe. Yeah. It was just the next place it could go. You had That's Super true. Saiyan. So what, what's more powerful than like the levels of Super Saiyan we've seen before? And it obviously was Super Saiyan God. This this reminds me of Marvel and DC. Oh yeah, because I feel like they start at the this you know the uh, street level, which is like your your Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Peter Parker, and then move on to the the like I feel like what I like to call plan- the global global, global scale global scale then space then universe. Yeah, you get into that cosmic Thanos Marvel, Marvel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is interesting because. Cosmic Marvel and Avengers only intermingle with big events like Infinity War, but I felt like the way it was presented to us in movie forms, you would assume that Avengers were bigger than Guardians of the Galaxy, depending on who you talk to. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like super comic book nerds are like, no, I've always known that they're the same. But I feel like your average watcher was like, oh, no, the Avengers are the big dogs, then the Guardians are joining them. But it's like, no, the Guardians of the Galaxy are the Avengers of space. And I've, you know, hopefully we really get to feel that in the next one. I feel like there's, it's just the way the story is told and how, and who we've had time to gravitate towards and love. And, you know, we've only gotten Peter Quill normally. Also, I think it's because besides Gamora, you don't have like your Captain America or Stark. Like Peter Quill's kind of a goofball. So you, it's hard to kind of take him seriously as a leader, but I do. Iffy. Yeah. Before we bring in Kyle, I just wanted to uh, touch on the animation process. <laughs> yes, please do. For how this whole thing works, moving from manga to anime. So in 1986, when Dragon Ball first began airing on Fuji TV, digital animation did not exist. And the majority of the franchise was animated in the traditional fashion on celluloid sheets. Oh, damn. And in recent years, the Dragon Ball franchise has entered the digital race with numerous features, theatrical films, and, and Dragon Ball Super coming out. Um, 
they also have a new movie coming out this next year. Yeah. And uh, what I was going to say is they're working so quickly and they have a little bit of a turnover as far as animation where there's a little bit of argument in the Dragon Ball community as far as the animation of some of the Dragon Ball Super episodes aren't always on point. (laughs) Maybe we can include on our Twitter, Instagram, some examples of that so you can see what we mean. It doesn't bother me as much. I feel like they're trying to get this content out as quickly as possible, but I understand, especially when you look at some other anime that has been afforded the ability to really work on, uh, like our friend LaShawn Thomas. His The anime that he's working on is, oof, that's his one thing. Like how Akira Toriyama just wants it to be funny. LaShawn just wants things to look beautiful. He's like obsessed yeah. with the animation of it. It makes sense that that's not Toriyama's first priority. 100%. We're going to take another break, and we're going to come back with our friend, Kelly Bear, to talk about some of the characters. <laughs> Do you like my William Shatner impression? Yeah, I was like, all right, uh, you know, I'll just rock with it. We'll be right back. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. And welcome back. I am. If you wide away, one of your hosts of Nerdificent. I'm Danny Fernandez. I felt like I was cutting you off there. Uh, you were, but I, I'll let it. I'll let it slide this time. <laughs> um, but yes, we're sitting here. The good friend of ours, probably one of our favorite friends. So don't tell our other friends. None other. The illustrious, the man with the golden voice. That's that's what they call him in these streets. You may not know this. He's the man with the golden voice. The man of a thousand voices. The man of a thousand voices. I don't know if that's correct. But (laughs) we're going to round up. Um, It is voice actor Kyle Bear. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you. Next time on Dragon Ball Z. Yay. I'm that guy. 
Yeah, <laughs> you are. You are the voice of many people's childhoods yeah. and yeah. adulthoods. Um, you'll, I mean, Kyle's an extensive voice acting as well as a, a, anime voice acting, but oh, specifically yeah. Dragon Ball related, the voice of adult Gohan, who I had a Oof. huge crush on. Uh, so technically, I guess I had a crush on your voice. There you go. Yeah. There you um, go. As a as a teenage girl, a teenage Danny. Um, also the narrator that's that you just did. That oh, oh man. man, you ruined so many people's weeks. <laughs> I know. He's the most powerful Dragon Ball character ever <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he is God. He decides when stuff goes <laughs> down and stuff stops because of a commercial break or whatever. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Ox King. Ox King. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so so to go back, because I just skipped over that, Gohan is the son of Goku. Um, Ox King is Gohan's grandfather. Kind of incestuous there. Like, yeah, you're, you're just voice. If you got Goku, you would have gotten the full chain. <laughs> yeah, and then Bardock, who's Goku's dad, you could have been him too, and then you could have just been the whole in Goten. <laughs> now, my, my first gig in voiceover was was on the Bardock special, and I was like, Horned guy number one or something That's like so Bardock, funny. like this this dude with big horns that his gang takes on Bardock. Of course, they get their butt handed to him. But it was like this is a special moment, man. I'm 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 on a show that I'm already a fan of, and oh wait, so you were so already great. a fan? So what already, what was yeah. your first introduction to Dragon Ball then? 1995, I want to say the now defunct An America magazine okay. had a cover story. On Dragon Ball, and I read it, and I thought, "Wow, this is fascinating. This is this is different than like Charlie Brown or The Simpsons, where everyone goes on for years and years and stays the same age. This one actually oh, goes yeah. in somewhat like a linear pattern. You know, mm-hmm. little Goku, he grows up, he gets married, he has kids, and you see the kids grow up, and then they have kids. It's like, all right, this is cool. It's like that part grounded a little more in reality, making a little more relatable. It's not just oh, anime, you know." Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> You know, I, I can't uh, go without listening out the bangers because, you know, we are talking about Dragon Ball Z, but l- like Danny said, you have a thousand voices. You are Ryu. Uh, Street right. Fighter. Yeah. And we were talking about One Punch Man earlier, and you were Atomic Samurai. Atomic so, Samurai. So, it, it's so funny because I've heard your voice so many times and not realized it because I just jammed through One Punch Man recently. And I was oh, like, oh, nice. nice. I just you... assume that I'm hearing you at this point. <laughs> yeah, well, the Toonami block on Saturday nights on Cartoon Network, it is like the Kyle Bear cameo show because <laughs> <laughs> I was cockyoing so cool. on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crusaders. Woo. I'm Kiba still on, on Naruto Shippuden. And um, of course, that's wrapping up soon. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I'm on Hunter, Hunter and... As moral. See if he calls it Hunter H. Hunter. We've been wrong this whole time. Oh man, no, no. These look. We've had some voice actors that call it Hunter X Hunter, but I mean they're or Hunter Cro- yeah Hunter X Hunter, but uh, I mean they're yeah. not on it. But like, right. We've had people write us, but we got to go with what Kyle says. Yeah, yeah. well, Hunter, yeah, because it's directed by Tony Oliver, and he calls it Hunter Hunter. Yeah, yeah. Because I mistakenly go in there, it's like, so what? A, tell me about this Hunter X Hunter. It's like, no, How no, no. It's not like you. a shipping thing. It's yeah, like yeah. Hunter X Hunter. Oh, <laughs> I'm like not quite. That's um, settled, iffy, and in, in the nerdificent encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah. See, another Hunter, another Hunter. another thing we should settle right now. It is Ryu, not Ryu. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I, learned that the first time, that. I learned that the first time I met you. Yeah. And now I yeah. drop I drop that fact at parties. I mean, you know, I I dabble in the FGC, so I kind of already knew. Okay. I'm I'm almost Evo ready. I've been training, you know, for the past uh, 
30 years, uh, and soon I'll be able to step up to the plate, go all the way at Evo. I'm coming oh. for you. I'm coming for you, Sonic Fox. Be ready. <laughs> coming for your face. I know that's you, were were you following that at all? No, oh, no. Oh man, yeah. Not at all. Yeah, you're like I am I'm, I'm DBZ'd out. I don't I, need to I, follow yeah, the fight no, stuff. I'm, I'm good. See, I'm I'm casual gamer. Yeah. So I button mash. Oh man. Those guys would hone me in ten seconds. I mean, seriously. <laughs> love I love Dragon Ball Fighters. I think it's a excellent fighting game and that's found a, a, a good uh fandom following oh, yeah. even for people not fans of dragon ball you know oh, yeah, it's like it's time. just an excellent well-built well-constructed fighting game for people of all different skill levels yeah right. yeah if you're not a big gamer you can still play uh dragon ball fighters uh i know because i did i actually we were in like a tournament or something i mean it was like a casual yeah. one that was happening at this bar but i beat the first person i played against i had did you do it by huge... spamming and hitting you know, square over yeah, and over? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I do. Um, yeah, I did pretty good. I think I put. No, I like messed around a little bit, but um, people mistakenly think that I'm a gamer and I'm not. I can only be into so many things. People, I can only be into so many things. Uh, you are also Professor Oak for uh, Pokemon for uh, for a New York minute because that show is recorded in New York. But uh, for the case of Pokemon Origins, okay. uh, that four-episode anime series, uh, they did, for whatever reason, cast it in L.A. So oh, nice. um, I uh, took that role for that for that very brief run there. So that felt so good. I know that, that Funimation is based out of, and they're the ones that dub Dragon Ball Z, and they're based out of Dallas or Flower Mound. So do yeah. you do all of your recording here? I do now. When okay. I was doing Kai... Uh-huh. You know, over the past decade or so, I would have to fly into town Dang. or if I happen to be there. Yeah, yeah. But now technology has gotten really good with Source Connect and and and, and be directed over Skype and these, these apps all talk to each other so they can direct in real time and yeah. make sure everything syncs up with the lip flap and all that stuff. So I'm able to stay here. I mean, yes, it costs them extra money because they got to rent the studio out and all that. Gotcha, but gotcha, hey, gotcha. But I get to drive, you know, just across town as opposed yeah. to taking a whole day yeah. and flying out at, you know, for hundreds of dollars, losing all the money you make because anime pay is crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah. But so you were saying that you were a, a fan of the series before yes. you got on board. Yes. So did did you feel like that made it easier for you to jump in and do these voices because you're like I know what this is. Oh yeah, yeah. When I when I first went in for the auditions, it was an open call back in the summer of 2000. I get there and uh, the receptionist says, "Okay, well, you were you living in you? Dallas. I was at living the time. in Dallas. Yeah, okay. yeah. I grew up in Dallas. I had a radio job. I was on Radio Disney. I was a oh, DJ man. on Radio Disney. So wow. it was Kara Edwards, who's Videl and Goten, by the way. Oh wow. We were on the air as like a team show. You know. Wow. Um, so you've known her for a long time. Oh yeah, we go way back. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once we 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 got that voice acting bug and everything, and we got in with Funimation, started on Z, and you know, this the the ball was rolling. It's just crazy yeah so was gohan the first role for them that you booked or were you gohan was was the first thing i tried out for because i picked it out of the notebook they said just just pick whoever you want to read for i opened (laughs) it up it was gohan i knew who that was yeah Yeah. i'm reading for that one (laughs) everybody else i hadn't seen up to that point i'd only seen the first two sagas here and there you know the canadian dub the ocean dub as they call it Oh, with uh, you know Scott McNeil as um, Piccolo and Brian Drummond as Vegeta, it's like right. the, and you know four or five different Gokus, Peter Kalamis, Ian Corlett, Kirby Murrow, and, and so on. It, it wasn't even Sean Schimmel yet. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, I fell in love with that stuff. I was watching Pioneer put out like the Dead Zone movie and all that stuff. So I was oh, yeah. watching this. It's like this is so cool. I hope, yeah, be, be, I know. Go around the apartment. Just next time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Fast forward five years. I'm working on the friggin' show, oh, and man. I was just like stoked. Fanboy dream times two. Oh, you know, yes. I wanted to get into voice acting for animation. Done. And then I wanted to be on the DJ, or I'll be a DJ on the radio. Done. And then I get on a show that I'm a fan of. Done. Oh, yes. Oh. So did this open the door for the rest of your I think so. Your gigs? Okay. Because of the, mom- the momentum of Dragon Ball in the first uh, incarnation of Toonami, in those yeah. late 90s, early 2000s, when kids would come home every day and watch that stuff. I got to to, to roll in as, as they stopped airing the Canadian dub and then... Starting with the Trunk Saga, it went to the Texas cast, and then that went forward, and then I was riding that wave, man. It was like, and then you just have no idea that uh, you're affecting a future generation. Yeah, that's what that was going to be my follow-up question. Yeah. What do you feel the point was when you realized, like, oh, this is bigger than I thought it was? <laughs> like this. Well, it was just by the sheer um, uh, amount of, of interest and enthusiasm on a global scale. I was I was getting invites to conventions. Still do. Luckily, I'm so blessed that I get to travel the world and talk about something I'm passionate about and something that means a lot to the fans. And um, you know, while I'm not a therapist or I'm not a doctor, I'm not curing things. I like to think that entertainment is therapy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And you know, I'm one small piece of the pie with all the creators, writers, producers, editors, mixers. You know, all the talent involved behind the scenes. All the people on the network level that get that show out there and everything working from partners in America, partners in Japan, now dealing with this behemoth of, of fandom thanks to social media and awareness and streaming and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, it, it was unreal to, to ride that that wave. Remember when Suncoast Motion Picture Company, remember that oh, store? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It had an anime section and a Dragon Ball Z section. Oh, yeah. Gosh, yeah. What? I mean, the biggest anime, definitely the biggest anime, arguably on Toonami. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I mean, I think the only thing that rivals it as far as being mainstream here would be Pokemon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. But now it's just its own just beast. It's That's all you can really call it. So you, so you started off uh, as... Was the first one the Bardock, you said? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I started off as bit part voices because they hadn't quite gotten to that episode, that story yeah. arc with, with the Orange Star High and Gohan in high school and everything. They hadn't quite gotten there yet, but they wanted to get the casting done mm-hmm. in advance. And they knew they were, oh, they so were taking already, a gamble. Sorry, yeah, yeah. cut you off. You already had it, but you were just waiting for it to catch up. Kind of, because okay. they said we wanted to make sure because this is your first time. And, you know, there's there are people that are very established actors that come in here and the the beeps and matching the lip flap throws them off. Yeah, because yeah, I don't think people, re- I mean, you are not just voice acting where you have to match something, the animation that's already been done because it's already been done in Japan. It's already in Japanese. So you're not only that, but the the writers are having to work so that the words are matching like you said, the lip flaps and yeah. stuff. And see, nowadays it's a whole different ball game than that. Er- those early days where censorship was king, 
and <laughs> Japan just wanted to get the shows on the air and reach the widest audience as possible, and that means children. And the compromise is the FCC steps in and tells you, oh, you see that cigarette? Turn it into a lollipop. Photoshop <laughs> with the blood out and all the that. The villain has a lollipop. <laughs> so yeah. it wasn't until I finally, we got to redubbing Dragon Ball Z in the uncut form, and I couldn't believe how bloody and yeah. violent that show is. It's like, this is oh, yeah. not a kid's show. Oh, yeah. No, not at all. It was, But it was such a wild ride. Yeah. So... So you said like the mouth flap thing mm-hmm. was was kind of uh, daunting for a few voice actors. Scary, is that still yeah. is that still a thing where you kind of have to deal with the beeps or have have there been technological advancements that made it a little? There easier? are different methods. The one that I work with the most, and I think a lot of the LA talent pool that deal with with anime and video games, like the cutscene stuff. You know, yeah. not the dialogue per se, but the cutscene stuff where there's at least rudimentary like animatics or something where you're trying to match timing of something. That's still done. That That's pretty par for the course. Now, I, I've also worked at studios where you have the dialogue coming across the screen like you're playing Dance Dance Revolution, <laughs> oh, and you have to say the word when it hits oh, the red wow. line and all oh, that. Wow. Yeah, there's Dang. different proprietary versions of that, and I dig that version. I think that's cool. I have a question because you've voiced so many people, and I feel like this is taboo to ask, but like, okay. do you have a favorite? <laughs> favorite is the next one, the next thing that's coming, because when you're a freelance contract laborer, oh, you hear... don't know where your next meal, yeah. how your bill's going to be paid. Right. And it's like, hey, you're basically hired and fired all the time, because True. if I come in and I'm a bit part voice and I'm in one episode of one show, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. Until, hopefully, I get called back and I audition for the next show or story arc or whatever. And if I get something bigger, then, yeah, there's a few more hours. Here's some crumbs. Here's that. And then video games pay way better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, then, what are some of your, at least I would say with you voicing Gohan, um, what were some of your favorite, like, arcs of his or like sagas that you got to voice or remember having the most fun getting to do totally you know from a it sounds selfish and totally egotistical but saying great saiyan man because it was all about gohan yeah it was about his dorky side which i totally am in tune with and as much hate as i've seen from fandom saying that was terrible it was like no, I loved it. I thought it, <laughs> it was, was silly, but it was nice. Most, his most Gohan-ness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh, yeah. you already know he's a badass, okay? Yeah. It's like, well, what else does he bring to the table? He's naive like his dad, but he's really nerdy. He's super, super duper nerdy. Oh, yeah. And uh, I love playing that aspect of him. But, of course, you know, when you want to play the big, strong muscle guy who could just bring it and all that and be a... A killer team member, absolutely. So much fun. So then if you were just uh, moving from doing radio to now doing voice acting, Mm -hmm. Dragon Ball specifically, like Dragon Ball Z, has so many powering up scenes. Yes. How did you like work up to being able to do that? Well, you first get constipated. (laughs) And then, you know, it's like... I think that would make Sean Schimmel mad when fans would say, like, you sound constipated. It's like, well, how are you supposed to sound when you're yeah. exerting? You know, yeah. like, come on. Like, it's like I've tried to dump. do it. And, like, the just the um, stress it puts on your throat, like, yes. unless you're properly trained. Well, you know, it was kind of our boot camp. For, yeah. for now, you know, as, as, as widespread and mainstream as video game recording, especially for L.A. talent, is and how much RPG, first-person shooters and fighters and all that require a lot of screaming. And 
you're getting people in the talent pool going, I'm not used to this. It's yeah. like, oh, I got this, man. Yeah. I've been doing this for years. It's like, I've been born for this. Uh, I know, that's yeah. been funny. I think the funniest thing, the few times I've done uh, via work is just when it's like, all right, effort noises. And you're like, ah, uh, huh. ah, yeah, yeah. And if you do it on a, on a game, it's it's like structured a little different because the footage is usually not there. You're just doing three yes. takes in a row uh-huh. yeah. of the linear script, just your lines. You have no context. You're, you're depending on your director or the client to tell you what the hell are you talking to or responding to or or like, okay, three open mouth punches, three closed mouth, uh, now <laughs> major damage, you know, you know, and they save all that for the end. The dialogue, this whispery stuff, the narration, all that's done first. And then they blow your vocal cords out Yeah, at the oh, end of the session. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, just to just for all those aspiring VOVAs listening that are at the edge of their seat where they're like, ask something I want to hear. <laughs> uh, something I find whenever I get VO auditions that I've been like, wow, you guys got it rough is sometimes you'll get auditions where you just get lines without context where <laughs> it's yeah. just like this this is what they're saying and you're like i'm supposed to act but you're giving me no context what do you feel helps with that type of stuff for you? i think if the client is and, and this is up to the client i mean if they have the foresight to give you at least a basic short and i do mean short summary it's like tell me what i absolutely need to know i don't need a three-page exposition showing the holy world building universe that you have and all the subgenres. like no no no. for the sake of this audition what do i need to know about my character preferably a picture of him an age range some sort of vocal quality maybe an mp3 or youtube reference to it's like we kind of think kind of like Christian Bale and I'll have a link and I'll listen to his delivery in that. And it's like, okay, so they want something like Christian Bale, but not just like Christian yeah. Bale. So that becomes that juggling act where you want to give them something that stands out <laughs> and uh, will hopefully nail the gig. I know that's always the dice roll of like standing out or hitting it. Yes. Um, so I don't know who watches Rick and Morty in here, uh, but white women all got invited in that episode where all those, they were trying to find those like, fake people like like they had the imaginary people and then there was the 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 character tinkles and he did the song like summer and tinkles friends to the end group text the whole uh anyone remember that i'm the only one anyway they sent it to everyone on my improv group and it said little john dmx type and they sent the track to do it to yeah everyone else of my group who are smart people had the foresight to do it to the tempo of the song yeah but i'm like Nah, I know what DMX sounds like. I was so focused on sounding like DMX. and uh-huh. So it literally was summer and tinkles, friends till the end. <laughs> it was so slow. And like after we submitted it, we all listened to each other's. And everyone <laughs> laughed. They're like, if you, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, well, it's said to do little John. Sometimes thinking outside the box is that lucky move. Yeah. Some people will land gigs because they slate the beginning of the audition mm-hmm. which is their name and the role they're doing it's like kyle a bear doing this voice you know it's like and that will might catch the the, the director's ear and they will hit <laughs> stop because they're so sick of hearing yeah. right. fifty thousand auditions of the same dialogue in and out and it's like oh here's someone who did something a little bit different and maybe they improvised a line here and there they could have got the context completely wrong but hey they're not going to penalize me because they didn't tell me you know they're just going to hear a delivery and they're either going to like it or they're going to say next Never take it personal. Have a thick skin. 
and um, divorce yourself from that audition. Do the best you can of 110% and wait for the next one to come along. Lather, rinse, repeat. <laughs> oh, man. And that's a bonus if you land the gig. Ooh, I know, right? Well, that that's for you, VO people. That yeah. you got you had your section. Now we're going to talk about anime again. <laughs> I want to know what, what was going through your mind because okay, so you do Dragon Ball Z, you you do Kai, yep. Kai is in the books. Yep. You're like, all right, like you were saying, you're done with the job. You're like, all right, gonna do the next thing, and then they announce Dragon Ball Super. What's going through your head? <laughs> That blew my mind because we had the two movies, right? Mm -hmm. Right. The Battle of Gods and Resurrection F. And those did gangbusters at box office in Japan and here. Yeah, yeah. they were released here in, yes. a, in, uh, in theaters here in the States. Oh, yeah. And they had premiere with the Japanese voice yeah. actors and the English right. present. Oh, yeah. And that, it, it was just unreal. They, they, they sold out screenings. They had to add more screenings. It's not like they made film prints like they normally do. There's just a digital thing, but it was nationwide. It was worldwide for, for a lot of countries, and it did so well. So I thought, okay, this is the future. The movies are probably easier to make, and they make more money. They're more profitable. Oh, yeah, so you thought they were just going to stick with movies. Yeah, absolutely, because mm -hmm. it's set in you know this, this, this continuity that kind of retcons oh, GT yeah. out of existence. <laughs> Which a lot of people were fine with, especially yeah. Gohan's getting, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. nerfed at yeah. the end of the Boo Saga. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. and then Super comes along. It's like, oh my God. Wow. And then Super, the movie, which is coming oh, out, yeah. what, in December in Japan, oh, January yeah. in English. Oh, right. Man. And no, I have no idea if Gohan's in it or not. I hope so. <laughs> we so, all do. Yeah. I, I feel like it would honestly be a disservice if- But I, I feel like if we're talking about your character of Gohan, yeah. I mean, I there's a lot of debate about him because I feel like he, for people that don't know, ended up being arguably the- strongest character in Dragon Ball Z by the end of the Cell Saga, which was yes, a villain yes. that they defeated. Um, but so Goku has always been historically the strongest. And then Gohan, his son, ended up kind of taking that mantle and everyone thought, oh, you're the new Goku. And then he ended up not. He ended up, you know, which is fine. Like he just, he ended up being more into academics. He got married. He kind of settled down. And... I don't know. I'm sure people come up to you all the time yeah. and it's like, I don't control that, <laughs> you right, know, right. but like, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm interested to hear like your take on his development or how you feel about getting, about playing this, it, you know, softer Gohan, I guess. I think it's important to show depth in character and evolution and growth. You know, don't just keep him stifled and just label him or stereotype him as he's only this. He can't grow. It's like, no, that's not fair. Let's show that he can be a responsible, good husband, good, loving, nurturing father, unlike his own, mm -hmm. who who oh, was wow. not Could there. Could you say that again? Could you, if he, did you hear that? Because Piccolo's more of a dad. <laughs> I mean, look. Let's be honest. Can't parent if the world is destroyed. And I, I, I respect that. I do <laughs> I respect that. He's you. saving the world. He can't change diapers. I get that. I respect it. I don't know. Vegeta seems to do it pretty well. Oh, well, but, well, that's why Vegeta's always in second place. And I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like that's he's why. pulling in first. Uh, he's coming through. He's giving Goku his power Goku when he needs, needs it sometimes. Other we could go, I'm but sorry. Vegeta, Kyle, keep talking. But Vegeta and Bulma, how did that even happen? He seems that so unhappy. That is passion. Kyle, that is passion, okay? That is too fine- I can't swear that it's two very fine people who were sexually frustrated. Was that a one night um, stand that just 
erupted into something Maybe. more? I don't know. You know, he... I yeah, we're what are we PG? I can't say all the things I want to say, but I do <laughs> want to say that that is the result of two people in the summer heat. Uh, yes. Summer <laughs> heat. <laughs> it's always like summer whenever they're training. It's like she's in like a bikini or whatever, like chilling at her compound, and he's like sweaty as hell. I I'm sorry, I veered off the topic. Or or my fan fiction. Um, you know he's out there training. <laughs> he, you know he's wearing lug boots. You know the ones that Funk Master. Flex war and they get to the hyperbolic time chamber (laughs) and they all bro out together. So you, so I mean, Super has been taking place the last couple of years. So you've gotten to reprise Gohan the last couple of years in a time when it kind of just was like he was done. You know, I thought, yeah, I thought if anything, he'll be minimally involved. He's still not like majorly involved, but he had a bigger part than I thought he would. Right. So it's like, yeah. Well, how does that like? How has that been now rejoining? the con circuit with all of a sudden it's all of these Dragon Ball fans coming back. Well, I'll tell you, it's killer because this past year we had, uh, a lot of us were invited to the Dallas area for the first Kamehameha-Con. Uh-huh. Kamehameha-Con. I don't know how you pronounce that. Kamehameha-Con. But this was the first all Dragon Ball themed convention and we had Japanese actors, we had Canadian actors and English actors and creators and and directors and producers all there signing autographs all weekend and panels and discussions and merch and and artist alley just just the quality would just like blow you away and it's like man a first year event and almost everyone was not from dallas they came from other countries other states yeah, and they said as soon as those those tickets went on sale, like almost a year ago, I ordered them. That's like I I have to be there for this. This is historical, <laughs> and all of us who work on the show were just blown away. And so yeah, th- that that's coming back, and then a lot of us are on the con circuit anyway, so we bring that to the comic cons and the anime cons and. Yeah, it's just a a juggernaut. It's not going anywhere. It seems like it's never slowed down. I know. It's only, I remember for the final episode of Dragon Ball Super, I think they showed, because they showed it outside in Mexico, and Mm -hmm. there were like 180,000 people that showed up to watch the final episode. That's just in that particular area. Yeah. Like, think of everyone worldwide that was watching the final episode. Yeah, like the, this this Kamehameha-Con is inviting the Mexican voice of Goku. Yes. Yeah, That's yeah a we're going to have the Spanish voice draw. actors. Uh-huh. Yes. I will say that is so big just alone when we were doing Krillin It, how many of our friends are Latinx friends that grew up watching the Spanish dubs. Right. So to see that they're getting their just due as well is super exciting for me. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. And it's like it's, rep- it's equal representation. You're getting... Oh, hey, I watched the ocean death. Well, then you might want to go talk to those gentlemen yeah. and ladies right. over there. And then over here is the Texas people. And like, oh, you want to meet Japanese Vegeta? Oh, we're getting that really long line. <laughs> and uh, we'll see what we can do. Um, yeah. <laughs> I am actually a co-host of KamehameHaCon this, this year. Ooh, mm-hmm. ah, yeah, I'm nice. co-hosting it. Can I be invited? <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm pretty sure that you are. But I don't okay. control. I don't control all of that, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, it was announced, uh, last year, I believe it was Geekdom. Geekdom 101 was a host and now I am co-hosting it with him. Awesome. So, um, everybody brace yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Until you, uh, 
continue this uh, convo yeah. <laughs> uh, there, I guess. <laughs> well, no, I wanted to say, just because we were talking about dubs really quickly, is yeah. that I'm, I don't want to get into the subs versus dubs debate. What I do want to say <laughs> is my quick one, like two-sentence rant is that I think it's so beautiful that Dragon Ball Z can be dubbed in so many different languages. Yes. Like, it's in Portuguese, it's in Spanish, yes, it's in yes. English and Chinese and Japanese, and so... German. It, yeah, it, I never quite understood <laughs> that argument of like, no, it has to be like this. One, <laughs> the only Owners don't want it to be. They want it to be dubbed in so many different languages so they can capitalize on all these markets and share their creation with so many markets. But also that means that a little kid in Brazil gets to gets to watch it in their native tongue and 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 grow up with it that way. I think that's so special. And I think that's really cool. It's a very positive thing. I know as if I were a creator creating a, a franchise of that magnitude, I would want it to reach as wide an audience as possible around the globe. And I'm not going to sit here and say, well, this is what we intended because this is the <laughs> native language that it's in. So anything yeah. else is inferior. Our yeah. films get our films get dubbed into other American oh, yeah. films and television get dubbed into other. My brother, one of his favorite things is a lot of the Netflix, the animated shows on Netflix. You have the option of watching it in Spanish. And that's how he's trying to teach my niece Spanish. That's and cool. So, yeah. And I think that's really cool. Um yeah, and, and the live action dub thing is a, is is a, is a different beast. It's like because of the subtleties of the way the mouth moves in different languages, it's hard to sync up one language with another. Mm-hmm. Like like one ends with a consonant, but his mouth is obviously doing a vowel. Like oh, and it's like <laughs> how do you make it fit and stay faithful? So it's like eh, it's a little give and take. It's easier with anime because the mouth is not as right. It's not like three D animation. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's fun times. Yeah, I know it's an exciting time for anime, and it's an exciting, exciting time, time for yeah, DBZ fans. For DBZ fans, truly. Well, that whole Dragon Ball tour going across America oh, yeah. now to it. I have nothing to do with that, but maybe some of the actors might. Uh, I don't know, but uh, yeah, with fighters and the the Legends game on mobile, and it's coming on Switch. It's yeah. Like, woo! Yeah, I'm so ready. It's taken over. Actually, we talked about this with our Comic Con episode, but the Hall H panel for Dragon Ball Super for the new movie was like sold out. It was packed. Of course. The, the, of well, course. that's crazy because normally those are the ones like where they show the Marvel trailers or the the DC trailers, and the fact that our anime that you know not everyone takes us seriously was completely packed yeah. for comic con and had taken over i remember um oh i saw you post a picture were you you were there this year right no, said, no. okay well i saw that you had i think shared a picture because gohan was on one of the elevators at the marriott yeah. Yeah. i'm like this is so cool yeah. like to see this interactive space with with uh with these characters just kind of taking over san diego to me that it's blown up so much and and I know you've been going to uh, to Comic Con for a while, and I started going when I was like eleven. I think actually you probably signed something of mine as <laughs> Gohan. I was like a pimply teenager getting you to sign something, um, but I did. I had a huge crush on Gohan. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Well, I think it is time to take this plane down. For a landing, is there anything you want to plug, Kyle, to let people know where to catch you, where you're going to be? This is your captain. We're now descending. Uh, please operate. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm at Kyle Bear on Twitter, at Kyle Bear on Instagram. I'm so happy that Instagram, as of today, has just opened up applications to be verified. Oh, really? <laughs> so I'm already verified on Twitter, but Instagram eludes me, but now it's made it, it's, they made it public. So. Just wait to get that Facebook. Did you get the Facebook one? <gasps> Dude. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Social media mogul. LinkedIn. 
Oh, what yeah. else you is there? <laughs> yeah, because strangely, there are people out there wanting to imitate us on social media. Yeah. It's like, I'm sure. What advantage is there to do that? Yeah, You're what's just, up? It's oh, me, Kyle Bear. <laughs> Send me like, your money. I'm Kyle Herbert. I'm like, oh, we know that's not right. Yeah, Herbert. <laughs> You're not pronouncing it right. H e b e r t. It's Louisiana French. So look me up on on Twitter. That's where I am most active. I'm Facebook.com/slash Kyle Bear V O. And uh, yeah, tune into Tsunami. You know, you're going to hear me a lot on those shows. I know, you're all over it. Almost every show. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Does anyone in your family, like, I mean, was it a thing where you would, like, send your family, like, hey, I'm going to be on this, and now it's just like, no, 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 please stop. (laughs) You're on everything. the first time I taped it when it came on. Remember VCRs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I taped the first thing to run on TV. The Bardock was the first thing that came out for release that I could buy in the store, but Cartoon Network aired some of the bit part stuff and then I showed my dad and he he tuned out after about 10 seconds that's nice son <laughs> we are proud of you though it's like alright thanks I know it's not your cup of tea but I'm I'm living my dream yeah. it's like well we're happy for you son it's like, so it. my parents rock they're super supportive cool yeah. love it I am at Ms. Danny Fernandez M-S-D-A-N-I-F-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z and uh, yeah like I was saying if you're a Dragon Ball uh Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super fan, I will be hosting KameaCon, which is in April. It's in April. So you got time to get tickets, but I would get them now. I think, it, I think Irving, it ended Texas, up, yeah? Yeah, I think it ended up being sold out last year. Yeah. It was packed. At least the VIP stuff was. Yeah, it was packed. <laughs> it was packed to hell. It was exciting. You'd think the Beatles were playing. I mean, I pulled up there from the from the hotel, and it's like, oh, my God. Screaming. Oh, what's going on here? <laughs> Screaming fans. Yes. Yeah. I mean, people grew up with you guys and now are introducing their kids and they're growing up with it. It's actually kind of insane that you and, and a lot of the other Texas the, that originated in Texas voice actors have been able to voice these characters for like two decades. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're speaking to like current gen people like, you know, I've worked on Attack on Titan and some of the newer shows yeah. that maybe kids today Maybe that's their first exposure, but then they they start following voice actors and finding out that they were, oh, let me check out these older shows, or they'll watch Abridged, which is like free advertising. It's just like, hey, these are funny jokes. Let's see what the original show actually says in these scenes. It's like, all right, cool. (laughs) We're gaining fans. It's great. Yeah. Well, and you know me. I'm Ify Wadiway on Twitter and Instagram. If D's on Twitch, thanks for coming through, y'all. On the... 29th that weekend i'll be in dc doing improv with white women's so make sure you come through and if you're in the la area uh the 14th of september another uh another edition of your token friend will be live and direct on the ucb sunset stage more info of that could be found on those social media accounts that i just mentioned now, uh, you might be asking yourself, will, will Ify and Danny be able to cover the parts of DBZ that I like? Will they go do a deep dive in Dragon Ball? Will they do the deep dive on Z? How much will they- What about the they... video games like uh, um, Budokai? What about the video games like Budokai? Find out next time on a future episode of Nerdifson. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. We got you. We got you. This is the one series I know the most about that I have tattooed on my body. So we will definitely be covering this. Somebody actually asked us a good question that I want to address. And they were like, why don't you, when you tackle a topic, why don't you do two or three more episodes on that topic? You know, like we did Twilight Zone. I'm like, oh, we'll deep dive into it later. 
And they're like, why didn't you do two or three more episodes on Twilight Zone? Well, the thing is, is that not everyone likes it. And so we want to give like a fun introduction to these. Some of them require additional episodes. Some of them don't. But like we don't want to do a month's worth of episodes because this comes out once a week. We don't want to do like two or three weeks on Twilight Zone if like, you know, a core part of our fan base is like, yeah, we're good. We're good. Um, We could. And the thing is that Ify and I could absolutely just do the things that we personally are obsessed with. But we really want to learn about other fandoms that, you know, we might not be as well versed in. And and then also sprinkling ones that we are very well versed in. And so it's kind of just our style. Um, We're entertainers first, I feel like. Well, we're nerds first, entertainers. And then um, all, all of the... All of the deep dive stuff. The short version of that is it's more interesting if we bounce it around and it's not the same thing over and over. Yeah. Especially if someone could be like, ah, I'm going to sit this one out. And sit the next week out and the next week yeah. out. So we like to we like to change it up. But don't worry, Dragon Ball fans. We are going to come back. We're going to dive into the legacy of Goku. This was just a, an intro. Yes, yes. Stay nerdy, fans. Stay nerdy. Stay nerdy. Stay nerdy. Stay nerdy. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today.